It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. This is IRG's Health Talk. Back to Tom Hutler and Shannon O'Kelly. Welcome back. We just spoke with Don Ryan about uh, riding in the JDRF ride, and we're talking now about diabetes with Dr. Nadia Hamid, an endocrinologist from Overlake Medical Clinic, and the challenges of traveling when you're a diabetic. And you just heard Don talk about all the things he has to do every day, several times a day. It's quite daunting. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, unfortunately, we've come a long way in the treatment and the medication that's available and the type of, you know, pinpricking. And they don't have to do the injections like they did 25 years. It's a pin. There's insulin pumps. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. Here's Dr. Hamid and Shannon Kelly. Dr. Hamid, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. Well, thanks for joining us. As Tom said, you're an endocrinologist at Overlake Hospital. Um, tell us what endocrinology is as a specialty. It's quite fascinating. Yes, absolutely. So uh, an endocrinologist is a doctor who specializes in treating all kinds of hormonal disorders. So hormones are these chemicals which are secreted in the body by glands and uh, uh, any imbalance of these hormones can lead to all kinds of diseases and pathologies. And the most prevalent of these or the uh, disease that I most commonly deal with in my office is diabetes. A lot of people don't realize that diabetes is also an endocrine or hormonal uh, disorder. Well, tell us the physiology of diabetes from an endocrinology standpoint because you talk about the hormone. The hormone is insulin, but maybe tell our, our listeners how it all works and why insulin is so important for our body. Absolutely. So diabetes, we broadly classify it into two categories, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune condition, which means that your own body is attacking your pancreas, which is the organ that secretes insulin, and your body is producing antibodies against your pancreas. So this leads to insulin deficiency. That means that these people require treatment with insulin from the uh, diagnosis, and many times people are taking four or five insulin shots a day to manage their sugars. On the other hand, type 2 diabetes is a disease that involves insulin resistance. That means your body is still secreting insulin, but that insulin is not working 100%. The body is resistant to the action of insulin. And that can be managed in a variety of ways uh, from lifestyle modification to pills and sometimes even insulin in the more um, advanced cases. So is it fair to say type 1 diabetes is a early onset or juvenile onset and more genetically maybe has some kind of component there where type 2 diabetes may be an onset based on lifestyle? Uh, that uh, to some extent is correct. Uh, type 2 diabetes we see more in uh, uh, obese people and uh, it's usually seen in more advanced stage. But Shannon, I also want to point out that, uh, you know, we are now seeing type 2 diabetes even present at early ages. We are seeing children, even preteens, teenagers, uh, and this is uh, most likely associated with the rising uh, incidence of obesity. So a type 1 diabetic is then uh, what we would call insulin dependent. These are the folks that need to inject themselves with insulin sometimes several times per day based on their sugar level. But let's just talk about the sugar level. I want to make sure our listeners understand this just to kind of put it in maybe a simple scenario. You consume food that food that you consume uh, it produces sugar in your bloodstream. That sugar in your bloodstream triggers that hormone insulin to take the sugar out of the bloodstream and store it. If you don't have insulin, your blood sugars increase. Why is that bad? So the high sugar levels can cause several complications, and that is why we are so concerned about managing diabetes effectively. Uh, high sugar is a risk factor for diseases in the eye. It can damage the heart. It's actually the leading cause of heart disease as well as stroke. Uh, it can damage your kidneys. It can damage the nerves and, you know, cause a condition called neuropathy where people feel this uh, tingling and uh, numb sensation in their uh, extremities, in their feet and hands. Uh, so diabetes is an underlying risk factor for several complications. That's why it's so important that these people get diagnosed timely and it gets treated 
effectively. And so that sugar in your blood system, you're talking about what it does, it really, it affects the circulation and those capillary uh, uh, blood vessels. Is that because that thick um, blood or, or the sugar in your blood system clogs those capillary beds? And when those capillary beds get clogged, they don't give oxygen to that tissue and that tissue then is susceptible to dying? Absolutely. That that's, of, that's entirely correct. Kind of in Absolutely. a nutshell there. And, and how would I know and what are my symptoms? Um, oh, let's talk about type 1 onset symptoms and then type 2 symptoms. How do I know I might have diabetes? So the symptoms are pretty much similar, whether it is type 1 or type 2 diabetes. And uh, uh, the predominant symptoms that we see will be excessive thirst and uh, excessive urination. So if you are noticing that I never used to get up in the middle of the night to urinate, and now I have to get up two, three times, and also during the day I'm constantly thirsty and having to drink water, those are some red flags. As well as changes in weight, sometimes people are noticing that I'm eating okay or I'm eating even more than normal and I'm just constantly losing weight. Uh, these can be some symptoms that it can present with. And many times it can be completely asymptomatic. People might not have any symptoms and it is diagnosed on routine testing. Back with more with Dr. Hamid right after this time out on Como. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. IRG's Health Talk continues. We continue our conversation with Dr. Nadia Hamid and Shannon O'Kelly on IRG Physical and Hand Therapies Health Talk. Dr. Hamid, again, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for coming down and talking about your specialty, which I find fascinating, endocrinology. I mean, you're looking at all these hormones that regulate our body and regulation of the body is important, particularly when we're talking about blood sugar and blood sugar levels with insulin. Now, you talked about some symptoms and described that and sometimes these are asymptomatic. But let me ask you, how often should I be tested? Because I recently, within the last year, had a physical and they didn't make me fast. And a lot of times I know that if you're looking for diabetes, you do tell us about the fasting blood sugar level maybe. Yeah, so fasting is required for a testing that we call fasting blood sugar uh, or fasting blood glucose level. But there is a test that we often use at times of um, the annual routine testing, which is called hemoglobin A1C. And this is actually a measure of your glucose level over the last three months. And this does not require fasting. Okay, so that's why. Because I was wondering why they didn't tell me not to eat after midnight. So now they're looking at a different test. Is is that test more specific now? This test gives us a, a more long-term idea about your sugar levels because fasting sugar level just tells us what was your sugar at I that time. Mm -hmm. So hemoglobin A1C is now considered not only a diagnostic test, but if someone has diabetes, it helps us monitor the treatment as well. Yeah, you know, okay, so let's talk about living with diabetes. Particularly, let's talk about diabetes type 1, which is insulin-dependent. We talked about these patients or these folks, are, are they are injecting. They have to inject insulin. And it's come a long way, uh, you know, if you compare it to 30 years ago. But still, it's daily for these folks. Uh, how do these people get around? How do they travel? I mean, you know, there's got to be some, some concerns and some challenges. Yes, I certainly agree that traveling when you have diabetes is definitely more challenging because there is some extra preparation and extra homework that is required, especially when you're traveling with medications like insulin. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenge is to make sure that you're keeping your medications and especially the injections at the right temperature because you do not want your medications to be exposed to direct heat or direct sun. And secondly, the bigger challenge is when these people are traveling across time zones because that affects not only the timing when they will be injecting insulin, but sometimes we need to adjust their doses and also depends on how physically active a person will be, you 
you know, at their destination because that also would affect the dosing of uh, insulin. So all this needs to be discussed with your healthcare provider before you set out for your journey. And, and things have changed a lot. It used to be, if you go back 30 years, I mean, people were using syringes and you had to do blood draws and it's come a long way now. And tell us some of the medications out there because they used to use um, uh, swine insulin. I mean, I think the, the insulin from a pig and now it's synthetic, isn't it? Yes, yes. There are numerous synthetic insulin analogs that are available as well. And you're right that in the past we used to have only those glass bottles and people used to draw the insulin in the syringes. Now insulin is available in pre-filled pens, which is very uh, convenient because you just dial the dose and with the click of a button you can take the injection. And there's also another device available which is called insulin pump. So this is a device that people wear on their body and there is a thin needle that goes under the skin and it is continuously delivering insulin. So that uh, does not require taking five, six insulin shots that people, especially people with type 1 diabetes used to take. You just have to change that device once in three days. Yeah, and and it's so important for uh, diabetic patients to maintain and keep an eye on this because the sequela or the results of not taking care of diabetes is, 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 is eye disease, it's it's amputations, it's sores, it's all the circulation. Thank you for your time and the information you provide us is great. So thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me here. That's Dr. Nadia Hamid, endocrinologist from Overlake Medical. More information at overlakehospital.com. Traveling with diabetes, Shannon. Uh, the summertime vacation time is starting to wind down, but still a lot of travel time left. And that's good advice for those who are on the road at any time of the year, really. Well, it was interesting to find out you have to watch you know, medication, medication in the sun, how much. I mean, there's a lot of things to do and think about when you just travel. You and I just take off, right? Yep. Dr. Cora Bruner is coming up next. We'll be back after this time out on Como.